Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. We're going to go in our Bibles today to the book of, we'll start in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Um, last Sunday, if you remember, uh, I asked you to participate in a survey. And those of you that had the app at 2 o'clock last Sunday afternoon, uh, we sent out a notification that said, what would you like Pastor Eric to preach on? Because I wanted to hear from you. And uh, got some good responses. So I'm going to do my best to help you and answer your questions and empower you from the scriptures about uh, the various subjects that we cover. I, I found in some, uh, several of the responses, I found three main things that we're going to focus on to start this over the next few weeks. And those subjects are prayer, uh, the Holy Spirit, um, his gifts, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then uh, family, uh, how to conduct your family, raising your children, and you know, in, a, in a, a time of such division in our country, you know, how to protect them and, and to raise them to be strong, raise them to be strong, strong-willed, strong in heart. And uh, so those are the, the first three things that we're going to walk through together. Is that all right? So today we're going to start with on the subject of prayer, and, uh, and we're going to start here in 1 Timothy chapter 2. But what I'm expecting out of this today, because I believe that when, when we look to the Word, I, I found a lot of, a lot of my questions went away, and I had a lot of assurances in my own faith come, and continue to, they continue to come, when I kept asking the question, what does the Scripture say? What does the scripture say? And the, the Bible um, will free you. It is the truth that sets you free, that makes you free. And, and make, it causes you to become solidified, founded, grounded in life. And a person that can be sure of yourself, to know where you're going, know who you are. And you really come to know who you are by knowing who he is. Because... He made you like him. So, um, but on the subject of prayer, I know that there, I personally have wrestled with certain uncertainties uh, in, on the subject of prayer. And I know that maybe you do too. And, and just by talking to people through the years too, people uh, say, well, how do you pray? Like, why is that important? What, what's the benefit of that? What's getting done? What do I do? Uh, my, prayers, my prayer hasn't been answered yet, you know? What, what's, what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? Or, or how, can I know, how can I know to pray right? How can I know to pray the will of God? Uh, it, how do I know if it is or if it isn't? Anybody here have any of those questions? And um, so, but a lot of, a lot of ignorance, I'll, I'll say, uh, about prayer has unfortunately happened because they've been taught the wrong way about prayer. Um, so that's why I'm, it's so important for us to look at the scriptures. But I, I believe today that you're going you're gonna to really be inspired in your prayer life to pray and also in how to do it with confidence, knowing that you can expect that what you pray for, you'll get it. We're not going to waste our time just filling the air with words and just rolling the dice and saying, come on, Jesus, let's roll big Fortuna's will and maybe it'll... <laughs> Land on my number. No, 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 no. God has 
offered prayer as an invitation for all of us to come and to bring our burdens to him, to bring our wants, our desires, to bring our our cares, to bring things that concern our own life and bring them to him. uh, Prayer is also a a thanksgiving to God. It's giving him praise. Um, It's communion with him. I mean, in a nutshell, it's talking to God. But there are several factors of prayer that we'll get into later, but I need to first today just kind of lay a foundation about it. One that has been so misunderstood and it's it's really done a lot of damage in the way of just people being confused about it. But the, the Bible's going to clear it up for us today, all right? We're going to clear the mud, muddy waters, and, and help you feel empowered and equipped in it, all right? Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, all right? So Paul is teaching us here ways of prayer, all right? types of prayer, avenues of prayer, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. And next week we'll get into this, but I've just kind of made an acronym out of it. S P I T spit it out. All right. So whatever you need from God, spit it out. Tell him what you need. Amen. Talk to him. Now we're going to go over to, uh, Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11. You know, your heavenly father loves you. He, he wants to hear from you. And that's why he's given you that tongue and that voice to talk to him, to express your needs, your desires. He, he created you for that reason. I think the reason that many don't pray is because, uh, like I said, they feel they don't know how or they're going to say the wrong thing. But listen, that, that's okay if that's how you feel today. But you really can't become an effective prayer if you don't practice. All right, so just start where you are. God loves you. Huh? He loves you. He's not so much concerned about how you're saying it initially, but he'll help you and he'll guide you. Just talk to him. He loves you. I, I can remember I was giving a, a guitar lesson to a girl. Uh, she used to go to our church and um, she wanted to learn uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm like, you came to the wrong teacher. I can teach you a little bit of country and a little bit of rock, but... Anyway, she had high aspirations, but she came for a lesson. And, and so I was showing her just a basic scale to do on the guitar to, and just walking it through slowly, one note at a time, working down the strings. And then once I showed that to her, then I showed her how to, how it sounds when you speed it up. So I went through it and she goes, you're good. I'll never be that good. I said, you know, I I used to say the same thing to my guitar teacher. I said, but you know what I found out? It just took a little time, took practice, and a little while later, I was doing it like him. Besides, this is your first lesson. (laughs) Give give yourself some time. Amen. Just practice. Just practice. The more time and attention you give to voicing your prayers, the better you'll get at it. Come on, tell, tell somebody next to you, spit it out. Amen. This, and, and if you're teachable and if you're willing to learn, then, then you can learn this and you can really grow in it. But don't, don't, be, don't be stuck in your ways. Well, that's not the way I've done. That's not the way I... Well, that doesn't mean it's necessarily right, right? I've done lots of things just through experience or whatever and found out I, I was wrong. And when you come to the scriptures, you have to be pliable and flexible, and open to say, if this is what the scripture says, then this is what I'm going to do. Amen. That's yeah. Christian maturity 101. 
Don't argue with the Bible. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to look through the scriptures, and, and uh, so I want you to become a master asker. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, he's speaking to his disciples. Let's read these four words nice and loud together. Ready? Read. Have faith in God. Let's say it again. Have faith in. Say it like the Cowboys just got a touchdown. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Okay, so he, the reason he said this to them is because Peter, they were walking together and Peter noticed a tree. It was a fig tree that had withered up because a couple of days before when they were passing by that tree to go into Jerusalem, Jesus was hungry and he wanted something to eat. So he went over to, to it to see if there was any fruit on it and all he saw was leaves. He says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And then they kept on going. Two days later, they come back and the thing's just pfft, withered and dead. And Peter's like, Lord, that tree that you spoke, look at it. And then Jesus answered, have faith in God. And then he goes to the next thing. And then he shows us what faith in God looks like. Verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever, everybody say whoever, whoever says to this mountain, so they're out there near a mountain somewhere, and so he's pointing to a mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You know, that's an interesting thing that Jesus did there, isn't it? It seems a little bit irrelevant, the example that he's giving here. Kind of irrelevant to where we live. It, it seems a bit, it seems a bit of a hyperbole, doesn't it? Extreme. Yeah. Have faith in God. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed. Jesus, that's, that's out there. But he's showing us something. It's so important. That it's going to take faith in God to do something like that. Because yeah. If you are simply living your life, relying on your ability and what you can do, well, then you can just kind of live a normal kind of life. But he says faith in God can move mountains. This is interesting. He's showing us the potential and the relationship that you have with God that you and him partnered together can make things happen. Big things happen. Hmm? So... Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt on his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Yeah. Now, verse 24. Now he brings it home. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things, say whatever. Whatever, whatever things you ask, or I think the King James says desire, whatever things you desire, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. It's interesting. To me, when I read this, it seems simple, doesn't it? Doesn't that kind of sound simple? Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you will have them. Yeah. I don't see how we can really confuse anything there. It's pretty straightforward. But boy, we do. Because we're trained in many ways to question it. We're trained to criticize. We're trained for cynicism, skepticism. 
We're trained for doubt. Hmm? So when we see something like this in the scriptures, we go, we start reasoning out why that's not applicable to us. Why that won't work for us. Why that may work for some, that's not my gig. And because, let me, let me just say something here. Jesus doesn't seem, this is what's interesting about these, these verses of scripture. He doesn't seem concerned with who is doing the saying or the asking. He, by saying, whoever. Right? Then, he doesn't show concern or, does, or reluctance about what they're asking for. He says, whatever things. So whoever and whatever. We got to catch this. Because, but he's definitely concerned. Definitely concerned with how they're asking. That's the key. How they're asking. The whoever's not the issue. The whatever's not the issue. It's how. And this is how. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will be done. He'll have what he says. Or when you pray, believe that you receive them. So that's the how. Believe and receive. Believe and say. Are you seeing this? This is the how. This is what makes your prayer go from one of questionable at best to assured. Thank you for one amen there. Appreciate you, Bill. You're always got my back. I hope this is clear enough for you. But here's the issue. We've been trained that it's who, and we've been trained it's what. That's not what Jesus made the issue about. But religion does. Man-made garbage religion. And it sounds something like this. Well, you know what? I'll say it like, I'm not picking on anybody who has said this because I know you love my mama. But my mother prays. I mean, she is strong in it. And she, she gets results. It's extraordinary. And I've had some of you call me, your pastor, to have her pray for you. I'm just the messenger. Like, I don't know. Okay. So if, but if we're not careful, listen, if we're not careful, you're kind of making it about the who. Like she's got some special connection that you don't have. But Jesus said, whoever. Now, are there any whoever's here? The only thing that my mom has caught on is the how. Believe, you receive. She believes and she declares. She speaks to these situations. Commands them to change. That's the only difference. It's not the who, it's the how. Or then the focus also is on the what. Now you have to make sure that what you're asking for lines up with the will of God. Now, of course, we can't understand the ways of God, so good luck. 
Wait, wait, how much? You've given me nothing to work with here. I've got to pray the will of God. But I don't know, the, I can't know the will of God. That's nonsense. But that's the, that's the heart, that's the, that's, the, that's the operation of religion. Is to keep you thinking you never measure up. Something's always wrong with you and you have to fix it. So the, the, the terminology is get right with God, get right with God, get right with God. When Jesus made you right with God, you can't get any righter with God than what he did for you. Hmm? So, what? I love that Jesus doesn't go into this give a disclaimer here like we like to do for some reason, or he doesn't then try to go, now let me explain what I mean by all this craziness I just said. And begin to try to reason into doubt because he says, no, 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 does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says. He'll have whatever he says. Let's, let's just let this soak in. These are the words of Jesus. And he said it so wonderfully, so pl- plainfully. Plainly. That's the word. Thank you. It's not the who, it's not the what, it's the how. And he told us how. Believe you receive. Hmm? I want to be one who just takes him at his word. And stops fighting myself and fighting through this head right here. Because remember, he says doubt, doubt in his heart. You know, you can doubt in your head and still believe in your heart. <laughs> you know what this means? First of all, it means anyone can have faith. Right? But here's the, here's the cool thing. Anyone that has faith can have anything they pray about. Wow. So I love this, that Jesus kind of just offers us a blank check. Whoever can have whatever. I don't know if you're as excited about this as I am, but that's that's really powerful. So what does it mean? Okay, so if we got to believe or have faith, what does it mean to have faith? What does that look like? I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians 4, 13, look at this. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So faith, according to this, is believing and speaking. Is that simple enough? To believe and speak. And and that lines right up with what Jesus taught us. Whoever says, does not doubt, but believes, says to this mountain, believe that you receive. Have faith in God. If you put believe and speak in there, it it kind of unlocks for you a little bit. Jesus said to them, have believing and speaking in God. For we walk by believing and speaking and not by sight. Amen. Amen. Believing and speaking is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? All right. We're going to go to one last place, and then I'll let you go. What time do the Cowboys play today? Oh, tonight. Shoot. I got six hours. Heard about that guest preacher that showed up at the church, and uh, he asked the pastor, he says, uh, how long do I have to preach till? He says, 
You can go all day if you want to. We all leave at noon. But welcome to stay as long as you want. Luke chapter 11. Very quickly. Luke chapter 11. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So, I mean, the disciples had the same questions, right? They wanted to know. And so then Jesus said to him, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse five. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Eight, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Next verse. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And here he goes again saying these ridiculous statements. Everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13. Watch. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? Matthew's gospel says good things. It's the same thing. You get the Holy Spirit, you get all the good stuff. That's what the, he's the ultimate of all the gifts. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Very interesting passage of Scripture. Very misunderstood passage of Scripture. Because at the beginning of this, when they say, teach us to pray, Jesus immediately connects them to the Father. Our Father. Okay? This is, you, this is the kind of relationship you have, so this is why you can pray this kind of prayer, because he's your Father. All right, so he teaches them that way to pray. But then he goes in this little illustration about a friend that shows up at a, at a, at a man's house at night. And the man's reluctant to open the door. I'm, I'm, I'm in bed. My kids are in, in here with me. He says that he won't open the door because of his friend, because, but because of his persistence. And then he ends it back. And then he goes, the next thing he says, well, which of you who has a son? Now he's back to the father-son relationship. And he says that, Talks about the nature of the father is to give good gifts or to give you what you ask for. All right. But here's the thing. If you're going to somehow apply this to your life, my family, I know I've done I did this right here from this passage of scripture. I applied the friend on the outside as me. And in order to get something from God, I needed to persist, 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 persist. Wait a second. There are other characters in that story. Are you a friend of God or are you a child of God? Hmm? Okay. Where did the father say his children were? In bed with him. They're in the house. They get everything that the father has. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's man-made religion that has put you outside. 
You're the friend. Persist, persist. God needs, and if I just persist enough, if I say it enough, and if I try hard enough, and if I cry hard enough, maybe God will throw a loaf of bread out at me. Seriously? Because Jesus showed us what the Father gives. He gives you what you ask for as his children. Mm -mm -mm, That dastardly devil, he sure does like to twist the word. This represents, that friend represents a guy named Cornelius. In Acts chapter 10, it tells about an Italian soldier. He's the first Gentile that got saved. Our beginning is with him in Acts chapter 10. The first one like us that wasn't a Jew that came to know God because of his persistence. He was a friend to the the nation of Israel and its system of worship. The Bible says about him that he prayed to God always. He feared God with all of his house. He gave generously to poor people and and he was a devout man. But you know what? As good as this guy looked, he was not a Christian. He had a lot of good things about his life. Good disciple, I would say. He had a lot of good disciplines in his life. He didn't know God. He had an appearance of it. But he did get God's attention through his persistence. And so God sent the angel to come to him to tell him to send for a guy named Peter who was 30 miles south of him. And Peter finally gets there four days later and he preaches to Cornelius and all of his house and they get saved upon this, Jesus, uh, Peter said, to him, talking about Jesus, all the prophets witness, whoever believes on him will receive remission of sins. And while he was still saying those words, those words had just left his mouth, God gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, Peter hears them all speaking in tongues. He's like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 what did he say? We didn't pray to prayer yet. And God already gave him the gift? Yeah. That, that example right there is the precedent-setting moment for how we get saved by simple faith in Christ. Interesting. The friend. But you're not the friend. You're the child. All right? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's your heavenly father. Everything he has is already yours. He proved it when he gave you Jesus. What's he going to hold back from if he gave you Jesus? Amen. So when you come to him in prayer, be fully assured that what he has is yours. And be bold. Be bold in it. Believe that you receive what you ask for. And simply have faith in God. I promise you, you're going to see stuff happen. Amen. Because he said it's going to. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your, your great goodness and your great mercy that saved us. Thank you for your promise that you have given us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you for all of these amazing assurances that we have, these promises that we can lean on, that we can believe and to confess and to experience in our own lives. Thank you, Father. Lord, you know that there are ones here in need today. And I thank you. Your word says, you know what we have need of before we ask, but you said ask, and you will receive. And I pray, God, as they offer their request to you, I thank you, Lord, that they'll do it not as a whimsical wish, but as one who is assured, fully persuaded that you are able to perform what you promise. Thank you, Father. I pray that faith would arise in hearts today so that their prayers can be effective 
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're here and and, um, you have a need of healing in your own body or you want to just stand in for somebody today, would you just lift your hand where you are? I want to just pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Because this is one of the promises that we have from him. Jesus' body was broken. I mean broken. So that our bodies can be made whole. It's part of the covenant that was cut in his own body and blood. And it's freely yours. Just as forgiveness is freely yours, so is healing. Lord, we thank you right now. Lord, you, you, you sent your word and you healed us and you delivered us from our destruction. Thank you, Lord, that you were bruised. You were crushed. You were wounded. And by your stripes, these are healed today. And we declare your promise. We declare your covenant right now. And I thank you that your healing power has the power to remove every form of infirmity and sickness and disease and pain. So we thank you for that. And we trust you today. Our God is not only able, but he's willing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 